Let me moisten my throat. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, welcome back, or welcome to uh, technically episode one of the Let's Get Gaming podcast. Your host, your host, your source for, oh, this is already a dumpster fire in the first (laughs) 20 freaking seconds. Your source for video game news, reviews, and interviews. I am your host, Patrick, the host with the most, the man who likes to boast. That's it. I'm not going to do rhymes. I'm not good at intros. It's a weird thing for me. Join with me today on episode one. Stefano, how are you? I'm doing really well. How are you, man? Thank you for being here. I appreciate you almost as much as I know you appreciate me. And of course, we got Chris. Hey, everybody. It's hey. Chris. That's the hey, most me. low energy introduction I think I've, I could have <laughs> possibly have given anybody in the planet. Hey, everybody. It's, okay. it's just me. Hey, everybody. It's Chris. Today, we're going to be talking about some uh, video game related news. In the world of Nintendo, we have a video game selling for a stupid amount of money. That's that's the actual <laughs> unit. A stupid amount. Uh, Xbox is using virtual YouTubers to sell itself in Japan, and um, Sony is doing some weird shit. And of course, on top of all that, we have potential rumors of E3 coming back, which is going to be ridiculous. Um, so it's going to be a good potential first show. You guys, uh, before we get started, what are, you, what are you guys playing this week? You guys doing anything cool? Uh, yeah, so I've uh, I've finally gotten back into uh, into my catalog and. Uh, I've been playing the Doom, um, Doom Eternal uh, DLC, uh, the first one, because I haven't had time to even get to the second one yet. I, I haven't had uh, a chance to play Doom Eternal or the original or like the not the original, but the 2016. The Doom 2016? Yeah, I haven't been able yeah, to yeah. play it yet. Uh, basically, every time Doom comes out, Animal Crossing also comes out with it. And that's <laughs> where my time goes. How how I mean, is how is it with the new DLC? I keep seeing the memes. <clears throat> I know about the big thing that happens in the new DLC. The Doom Crossing. I don't. I see. I I haven't seen anything. Uh, I <laughs> tried to like keep myself so like separated from all of it, so it, it's a surprise to me. Uh, I have seen like some of the commercials for the for the the second part, yeah. which which whatever. It's it's just trailers for me. But uh, um, yeah, I'm kind of a, a a sadist, I guess, and I've been playing on uh, Nightmare, which is like technically the second hardest mode. Not not the uh, ultra nightmare which is like for true sadists who i like belong in the movie hellraiser um you know you know in the hellraiser where you open the uh, the pandora box and it like shows you like your true sadist self yeah those are for people that like to play on ultra nightmare as well <laughs> you know what you know, okay but here's the thing right we're, we're all at this point in our lives we're considered to be older gamers you know we're, we're looking at the new games coming out on, on the steam library thinking like who's got time for all these kid games and all that you know like like minecraft what is that who knows so <laughs> as an older gamer i'm not gonna play on a difficulty that's higher than bare minimum unless there's a trophy telling me to do it well so i, I got respect there, for you just right is. out of the gate there, there is for the uh, the regular campaign mission, and I got it. Uh, I swore a whole bunch. I'm surprised <laughs> I didn't uh, dig claws into my my controller and uh, and my arms. But mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I've I've been really um, struggling with the idea of possibly uh, toning the difficulty down, just because like I stepped away from it for such a long time that getting the controls and and used to like the fast pacedness of Doom Eternal. Cause it's like, 
it's it's a it's a weird hybrid uh between like a doom and um quake i i think it it, it balances the, wow, those quake. two oh a little God. more because yeah, quake was so fast paced yeah and doom eternal is like the same way where like if you're not moving during combat you're dead yeah i've heard people say it kind of reminds them of like maybe you can tell me if this is true or not but it like is almost moves like a rhythm game and that you're like the way in which you're moving has to like combo together like you're playing almost Delta may cry or like kind, guitar hero or something yeah like it, it it requires you to be constantly thinking and moving and just you're doing everything uh with quick reaction because like if you're essentially like if you're not moving like there's something on top of you killing you and especially yeah, like, if you're playing on nightmare mode like you get hit three times you're you're done mm-hmm. you have no chance no choice but to be killing and getting up health packs and stuff like that you gotta you gotta be ripping works, and tearing right? until and it's done health, that's right? how it is yeah ripping and tearing until it's done yeah yeah that, that's how i got through uh high school stefano what have you been playing uh assassin's creed is still taking over my life so i'm about 98 hours into assassin's creed valhalla um i want to get the real ending so i've, I've rolled i haven't even rolled credits but like i've completed technically the story mm, okay um but there's an you know you have to keep beating the game and grind out levels to actually get the real ending because of course um see that's news like, to hey, me because i've been playing valhalla i didn't know that there was different endings are you telling me i'm gonna have to actually go through this shit a few times you're gonna have to get to level 350 so is this the like the real historic uh, ending or like the real fantasy level of the story? Um, <laughs> both. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the it's the historical accurate ending uh, where, where the Vikings, you know, Just doesn't die. end well you for them. Killed by the English. Yeah, it's, it's not going to end well, dude. So spoilers for history, but yeah, they don't really exist anymore. So yeah, there's a reason um, why there's there's not going to be a, a Valhalla two. Let's put it that way. <laughs> no, um, and I've been playing a lot of uh, there's a game called Abraxia two. Um, which is like a twin stick, like space shooter. Um, it's made by Limo Games, which is co-owned by a podcast podcast I really like, Colin Moriarty. I think you might have heard of him, but mm. um, it's a really free I think shout actually, out you, for them. Next one we'll have to charge, but sure. I mean, I, we probably couldn't even afford to shout them out. They probably <laughs> charge us. Um, but um, you actually should check it out, Pat. It's, it's I think up your alley. It's like ten bucks, fifteen bucks on PSN, so it's not expensive. Yeah, and it's really cool. Like. 16-bit or like you know snes style kind of graphics and had lots of good lore hidden behind collectibles and and different kinds of adventuring and it's all like high score chasing gameplay focus so i think you'd be really into it and it's, it's kicking my ass like i don't even think i've got past the first level i'm super awful at it <laughs> um i played a lot of platformers as a kid i did not play a lot of shooters or twin stick shooters so this is so super difficult for me mm. um but i don't know maybe you played more contra or more those kind of yeah you know. I, I grew up playing those like tough as nails arcadey games which is weird too because now like now now whenever i'm faced with a challenge in a game i'm like i'm out <laughs> you know so it's wild that. that that did not transition over for me at all i get that totally yeah meanwhile i've been stuck on the same level in doom for the last <laughs> three days <laughs> well you know what i've uh i've been playing outriders and i've, I've been able to put in a, a decent amount of hours into so it jealous. That game is not easy. I've heard that. It's surprise, but but the way they handle the difficulty is really well done. I wanted to I wanted to do like a whole like thing on Outriders for the show, but like that's fine. Um, so the way it works is that as you level up, you unlock different world difficulties, and uh, you know so it's, it's from a, a scale of zero to fifteen. 
Zero being like, you could play through the game, do whatever you want. No problem. 15 being like, you are going to suffer. And I made <laughs> the mistake of choosing the Pyromancer, which is not a class you want to be playing solo um, because okay. it's, it's support-based. So, uh, so all the classes, the way they work is that you don't heal unless you do something. Okay. So for the Pyromancer, you have a status effect called Ash. And if you kill something with a status effect, you heal. So you need to constantly be throwing out abilities and killing things. Otherwise, you're going to be in a bad spot. So gotcha. I'm, I'm level 20 around there. And my world difficulty is set to like 9, which is I'm already at the point where I'm like, I don't want to set it back. Because you can. If you wanted to, you could keep it on world difficulty zero, play through the whole game. If you want to just play through the campaign, you could do that no problem. I don't want to set it back because I feel like I'm admitting that I'm going to be a coward about it. And I don't want to be a coward about it. I really <laughs> yeah, want to yeah, see if I can yeah. get up to difficulty 15. I don't think I'm going to be able to because right now I'm, I'm doing like, I'm, I think I'm a halfway through the game. I've reached like the, the mid-story twist and I was like, oh, who saw that coming? And then, like, immediately after that, there was this massive fight that you have to deal with. And, like, I am struggling hard. So we're going to see how that works out. But I think it's, it's a really interesting way of dealing with um, difficulty that I've never really seen done before, where you could, like, kind of choose your own challenge. And there are benefits. Like, you know, if you're playing sure. on difficulty 9, there's a benefit from doing that over difficulty 8 or 7. Like, you get better gear drops. You have a higher percentage chance to get, like, legendaries and stuff like that. That makes sense. So I want that loot. Rewards, the masochism. But also, dude, screw that. If I got (laughs) to... The amount of times I've died on this one mission has been relentless. And I've already dismantled all my gear that I picked up along the way for the the mods and everything. So I'm pretty much... It's either get good or set me back to difficulty five. And I I refuse (laughs) to do that. I'm going to give it like another night. And then whatever happens is going to happen. Could you Uh, team up with somebody? Yeah, you can play. I mean, like, the game is, is it's, it's okay. Outriders is just a weird game. I, I feel like genuinely the only thing that's stopping it from being, like, a Destiny-style game is that they didn't include a social hub for whatever okay. reason. Other so than that, like it's, first. it is, like, an, a live service game. You know what I mean? They probably want to try and differentiate it. I mean, like, there's so many of those right now, so they're probably like, how best can we differentiate well, our game? here's my theory. This is Square Enix. Their last oh, sure. game was the Avengers. That yeah, didn't yeah, have the best good. reception. So I think they're and, and they kind of marketed like Outriders as being like, see, we're we're like Destiny, but we're not. You know, we're not the Division Three. We're our own thing. And I don't know. I like I definitely like all they need to do is flip a switch and it's a live service game. Now the question is if they're gonna do that or not, it's up to them. I wouldn't mind it. Like I like those kinds of games. I like the mindless looter shooters. And it's nice to actually get a looter shooter come out of the market that's not absolute ass right out of the gate. Yeah, like right. it actually has some legs to it. And the last game to do that was Destiny. Uh, Destiny, geez, no, uh, Division Two. Yeah, that yeah. Was, even strong. that, like, you could you could make an argument for it not being the best. You know, because yeah, the end game was like impossible, wasn't it? Like super difficult. Yeah, like honestly, right now the the biggest thing that Outriders has against it is that their servers are not ready. That's, yeah, it's been bad every time it's there's so many bugs getting into the game. The servers have been crashing. I think it's for the most part, it's been stabilized now. But again, it's like it's hit or miss. I, there's there's an issue on the PS5 right now where it's a sign in issue where like if you've uh, put the console into sleep mode and then like come back later, um, you'll still be logged in. So the game will be like, you're here, you're logged in, but it's not registering. 
So what you mm. can do is close oh. the game completely, go down to your activity log. The PS5 has this thing where it keeps track of what quest you're on in a game and gives you a percentage so you see how close you are to finishing it. And even tells you, like, this will take you another 20 minutes. So you could go into your activity log, join through there, and it'll, like, circumnavigate it. It's just weird bugs. In fairness, the PS5 UI is pretty hot garbage from what I understand. Yeah, I, I don't like it, but that's that's another topic. That's that's we'll talk, okay. we'll, we'll you're getting right. me off topic when sorry, I've I've I'm painstakingly sorry. crafted this show from the ground up. The only on topic. Selecting ever. only the hottest video game related articles that I found on Reddit. Perfect. So let's <laughs> talk about N64. You want to talk about N64? <laughs> you want to get into the Nintendo news? Well, actually, I do have one question before we move on to that. Okay, um, if I'll we allow want to. it. Thank you. I appreciate oh, anytime, that. dude. Um, can you play Outriders PS5 with Outriders PS4? Like, if I got it? Yeah, yeah. So there's total crossplay. You can play with PC. I don't know if you could play with the Xbox boys. I'm assuming so, but uh, I do yeah. know. I, I think right now crossplay with PC is not working properly, so it is currently disabled at the time of recording this. Uh, but that's something that they're going to be addressing sooner rather than later. That's like they're, you know, they're, they want to get that working. Um, yeah, but it it's, it's full crossplay. It's full crossplay. Okay, that makes it a little bit easier for me to just like trying to get it because I know you and Anth got it on PS Five. Oh, yeah, no. I've I've Anth been playing didn't. it. Uh, I've been playing with some friends, and then I've also been playing with random groups. It runs sure. fine. Um, it 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 is difficult. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if That's you're okay. at a high difficulty level and you're like, I'm gonna bring a friend in and make it easier. You're not. It's not gonna okay, help. It, it it scales with people. It scales with people, but also like, uh, I was playing with somebody and they were also a pyromancer. So basically oh, so we were like working yeah. off of each other. Like you really want to have a diverse group. Like there's four classes yeah. in the game and they all play, they all work together. Some sure. are a little just better at being solo. Like if you're a trickster, which is like the, the teleporting, you could pop behind enemies and like you get a sword and everything. Uh, I think that's the recommended one for solo, but it also plays really well with, um, with in groups because it just seeds destruction. I just, that's what I was, that's what the one I was yeah. thinking about. So recommend it. So cool. Solid, solid eight out of 10. That's Sweet. our first review ever given on this podcast. Congratulations, oh, very boys. Comprehensive. We've done it. Very detailed. Uh, and, and an eight out of 10 on our scale is pretty good. If we were IGN, that would be like a 12 out of 10. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> if you were Anth, it would be a 12 out of 10 as well. Yeah, let's, let's throw our perfect. friend completely under the bus. I mean, he's a dingle. He is a dingle. <laughs> Chris, how do you feel about that? Would you agree that he's a dingle? Oh. <laughs> that's, that's that's a three dingle uh that's a triple games. dingle yeah, dude yeah and ign that would be five dingles uh yeah okay so transition boom put the stinger in here boys i'm saying that to myself i'm, I'm gonna be putting the stinger in so uh an incredibly rare plastic sealed copy of super mario bros for the nes has sold at auction for a world record breaking Six point or, or six hundred and sixty thousand dollars. Holy American! Balls. Yeah, this That's makes like it the most expensive Canadian. piece uh, ever bought for a video game collectible. Yeah, six hundred and sixty thousand dollars. And that's taking the record from one that sold earlier this year, I think, for $300,000. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I money. Well, I think because this one is, is factory sealed, but it's also graded at a 9.6, which oh, basically which means... Which, yeah, it's incredibly difficult. Yeah, basically, for, like, it was it was rolled off the factory and someone, like, cryogenically froze it. And, like, the, the, the 0.4 that you're losing on the scale is, like, you know, 
little flecks in the plastic. Like it's it's mint. Yeah, and this one was also one of the ones that didn't have uh, one of the stamps, I believe, on it for like um, the uh, region code or something like that. Oh, so that's probably what knocked it. It's it's another thing that made it more um, rarer. Oh, oh, that's always a, a plus to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's the perfect storm. It doesn't have a stamp. Uh, it's it's a nine point four, nine point six grade, and it's fa- and it's still sealed. Like you just don't find stuff like this anymore. So I wonder how like when things like this get found and are sold. I wonder like how it got there. Like where was this thing existing? Oh, I, I nobody opened. Guarantee it. you that some old grandmother went up into the her attic and she's like, "Oh, it's my son's old Game Boy games," and like they called her up and she's like, "Do you want these back?" And he's like, "Yeah, sure, Grandma. Whatever. You're you're old and crazy now." <laughs> and then he shows up and it, boom, 9.6 graded yeah. Mario PSA right there, baby. It's, it's oh, either I'm, that or it's like it's it's an, an old store and like they had a stock room <laughs> and someone kicked the thing underneath an old stock shelf. And then they're like cleaning up shop and find it underneath the, the shelf. Yeah. Yeah. Or like it was hidden in like, what, like storage wars. Yeah. Like it's it's crazy to see some of the stuff like even um what I deal with for uh, when I go through auction hunting and, and dealing with work because I work for an auction company, like the stuff people find in like the most ridiculous places is you'd, you'd be surprised. Yeah. Well, I, what? Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, Chris, I know like you and me, we, we like to collect, you know, yeah, I, we, yeah. we both we both kind of grew up around the same time and we both got hit by the same bugs. You know, I, I, I like to take my things out of the packaging every once in a while, and I know some people might disagree with that. But I, I'll be honest with you, and, like, tell me if I'm wrong about this, but if I was in the position to buy this thing for for $600,000, like, I would just put it on my shelf, and, like, I would occasionally walk by and look at it. And that's all you can do. That's it's, all I would do with it. It's 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 kind of like buying a painting in, in that regard. Yeah. It's like it's there's nothing you can do with it where like it's if it was something tangible like uh if you were to buy it out of box or or like even like let's just say for you buy a car yeah a, a, a car you can actually drive and it can it can it can be used or if you have like a loose cartridge that you can pop in your machine or whatever you can do something like that but like something like this this is this is just a flex this is just oh this something is that, this is this is above a flex let's put it into yeah. context shall we so the previous record price for a video game collectible, uh, that was $360,000. And that was for the unreleased Nintendo PlayStation prototype. That was sold yes. back in like February of, of 2020. Did, hold on. Time out. Yeah. Question. Yeah, go ahead. How in the world did that sell for less? Well, I, I don't game. know. I don't know. But see, this that is this is what I want to talk about exists. because it doesn't make sense to me. You tell me that this this factory sealed nine point six graded copy of of Mario sold for double than the unreleased Nintendo PlayStation prototype. And I understand it's a perfect storm. It's like this perfectly preserved piece of gaming history that probably <laughs> doesn't. It's a probably a one off. You're not going to find something like this anymore. This but this that is prototype. gold is quite literally a one-off yeah and, and, and for and some reason that's old for history half. now but i do now, think go ahead go ahead sorry i do think that it one begets the other right like without that playstation nintendo like prototype being sold for 
300,000, this probably never would have been bidded up to 500. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think like, it, you know, what comes before it sets the precedent for what comes after. I, like, the you value took the exists. words right out of my mouth, dude. Like, I'm going to say this is going to be the new bar and there's something's going to show up and some dude is just going to be like, I'll give you a million dollars for it. Why yeah. not? I you want know? the record. I got so all that. I got, I got all that GameStop money ready, baby. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> but uh, NFT money. <laughs> yeah. Get that and, NFT AMC GME and, baby to the moon. <laughs> And that's what he brings it to GameStop and they go, yeah, we can give you like six, <laughs> 67 cents for that, actually. See, yeah. that's I, I like to think that I'm a very chaotic, neutral person. If I were to buy this, I would bring it to GameStop and be like, yeah, I found this in my attic. What, what do you give me for it? What's it worth? They'd probably be like, oh, we, well, we can't offer anything, but we'll take it and, and dispose of it for you. Well, what was that joke that people used to call um, GameStop for all the time? Was it for Mother? Mother three or whatever, like, hey, do you have a copy of this game? Like, it was like a meme. Oh, it's Battle Toads. Battle Toads. Oh, was it Battle Toads? That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I couldn't remember the meme where you called them and asked them if they had it. Dude, I, I say I love stuff like that. It got to the point where like some of the pawn st- uh, shops where they were calling into, they set up an answering machine saying that they specifically did not have Battle Toads and to please <laughs> stop calling us. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> the internet is dangerous. You got. I just love people that have too much time. You know, there's something <laughs> magical there. Uh, but most people in our industry. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, hey, man. Uh, to put this into like total perspective, so the highest price for a single copy of a game was one hundred and fifty-six thousand, and that was for a sealed copy of Super Mario Three. Wow. Okay. So you could buy five copies of uh, sealed copies of Super Mario Three for the same price that you would pay for a, a sealed copy of uh, Super Mario Bros. So, question. Yeah. If you have this answer, how much did the the, the number one um, Superman comic sell for? Like oh, the original, like, like the original action? action I yeah. think it's three point two five million. Oh, okay, so way more. Okay, we're not even. Close oh, it's to that not yet. even within the same realm. Gotcha. But it, okay. I mean, not, like, not yet. Yeah, not yet. Exactly. No, of course, yeah, because somebody's gonna find something that was. It's literally just a one single production, and it's gonna go for like a trillion dollars. But well, think think too. Like the the original like Superman comic is also another how many years older. Well, like, that's exactly it, right? And and we have to like also think about like what production looked like back then. We're not talking about like mass production on the scale that we see today. Like no. and and again, you separate this thing by like how many years was the first Superman? Genuinely, like I don't know when did it come out. I don't like DC. Uh, <laughs> well, it was it was around um, World War Two. I want so. yeah, 1920s, 1930s around there. Yeah, yeah, early 1900s. Stuff sure. doesn't all, live that all long, fact, dude. All fact. Yeah, fact check this live on the show. Thank you, I appreciate that. I was yeah, I was hoping one of you would do it because I didn't want to. But I mean, stuff doesn't live that long. I prefer yeah. to speak out of my ass and not get anything correct. So I don't yeah, know I mean, like, you know, as long as we pull in the views, the sponsors aren't going to care if we're actually saying anything that matters. But stuff doesn't <laughs> exist that long. And I think, like, collectors right now, I know a lot of people, and even myself, I, like, I'll throw myself under the bus here. Uh, I know a lot okay. of people that are like, I'm going to buy this now, keep it sealed, and in, like, 20 years, I'm going to sell it and buy a house. I'm like, no, you're not. It's a mass-produced piece of plastic. There's tens of thousands of you copies of them. Are you super tell? Go ahead, sorry. Uh, the original Superman uh, appeared in Action Comics number one, uh, June first, nineteen thirty-eight. Thirty-eight. There you go. There you go. Yeah, yeah. So we're beginning World War Two. I mean, it, it is impressive something being made back in nineteen thirty-eight and then surviving through yeah. everything in, in imp- relatively mint condition. That's, I mean, 
Yeah. In particular, those things were A, made for children, so children didn't care, and B, they were made of newspaper print. And yeah. that's really bad material. Yeah. <laughs> Unless like, you specifically took care to preserve that thing, which a lot of people didn't, because why would they? Yeah, it was going to just naturally fall apart. Yeah. And, and like, there's a lot of things that are worth a lot of money that I never would have guessed would be worth money. Like, you can sell a PlayStation TV for, like, hundreds of dollars, like, more than that, probably like a thousand dollars. I think it is like the you know yeah. those PSTVs that are Vitas, but just you plug into your HDMI cord. Mm-hmm. So those are worth serious value. I mean, there's there's and, always going to be stuff that is worth more than what the MSRP is. You know, well even think, even like to just go back to like collecting games. For me, I have a um, I have the box for um, my Majora's Mask. Mm. Like just having a box, a cardboard box for your games for like for your cartridges makes a game worth like hundred dollars more just yeah. just for having it. Yeah. I think I think that if you have the space and the disposable income to get something like like for example, those PlayStation TVs a few years ago, like like probably before I got married, so like six or seven years ago, you could have bought one for thirty dollars at EB Games. Now I think it sells for like four or five hundred bucks. If you bought one of those, kept it in the box on your shelf just to see what would happen for like history's sake or whatever, you could be making like a hundred like a hundred times your margin or ten yeah. times ten yeah. times your margin value, like just for doing nothing. Well, it's just, so, just like saying I should have bought Bitcoin when it first came out. Sure, but I think that like those things are just like untangible. There's, like I think it's been proven over and over again that things like consoles, if kept well, will probably be worth something later on there's, Even there's always like, going to be there's always going to be somebody who wants to buy something that came out 10 years ago in as perfect condition as possible yeah there's always going to be that person to you guys to your defense as collectors like and to your defense against the argument that i might make later on if we talk about it about having something that's physical it's a tangible item that can be valued yeah it's yours you know it's you actually own it uh, right now, like there's this big thing going around the market with NFTs, and I don't yeah. know if you guys have seen anything or that read anything about no that. Sense to me, I gotta be honest. Yeah, it's 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 a weird thing, and I, I you know what? I don't like it. It's gonna be big. It's gonna blow up. It's gonna be very popular, and there's gonna be a lot of big names behind it because that's what people want. They want it. They even even in the digital realm, people want to own things. They want to have yes. something that's their own. But it takes. I just think it's. I honestly think it's a fad. But like, I mean. Because people said that's something about Bitcoin that's going to like take over real currency, and that was like ten years ago. People said that. Like, I just don't know. Like, maybe eventually, but well, dude, there was that there was that guy who was like delivering pizza, and somebody tipped him like sixteen bitcoins when they came out, and they're like, "Here, we don't have any cash, but have some bitcoins." And then, like, fast forward a couple years, and then he finds out that they're worth like thirty eight thousand dollars a bitcoin, and he's like, "Oh, dude, I got like somebody gave me sixteen of these like back in two thousand eight." Like stuff yeah. like that happens. I think it's uh, the one upside to something like Bitcoin or NFTs is that it's easier to find someone that's willing to buy something like that yeah. when it's popular than it is to find someone who's willing to buy, like, for example, the Black Diamond VHS tapes. Like, mm. they're quote unquote worth a lot of money, but good luck finding someone who's willing to spend $800 on a Snow White Black Diamond but, VHS yeah, tape. The thing is, though, like, there's always going to be someone out there who wants to buy something True. you have yeah you just have to be patient you just got to find the right buyer for the right thing and and sometimes that'll never happen yeah but you know like just for example like i can just say i know guys that buy 
and collect the weirdest things that you would think like, oh, like I would never think that that was something you would collect. And then you find out there's like a small like niche group yeah. of people yeah. that collect this one weird thing. Snowball. I, I have a I know somebody and I genuinely I'm going to bring him on the show. He collects <laughs> vintage gas cans. That's oh, that's cool. cool. To the, I know. And that was my reaction when he said that to me. And then my immediate reaction was, what's wrong with you? And then, like, he started showing me pictures of these vintage gas cans, and I'm like, these are incredible. And he's like, yeah, but check this out. And then he showed me his eBay page where he's selling these things, and they're going for, like, hundreds of dollars. And I'm like, nobody's buying this. And he's like, oh, oh no, yeah. They do. I mean, like, you, that goes, this, like this goes to pictures? show you there's, there's, there's value and there's perceived value, right? Everyone's going to be like, nobody's going to buy that. But there's always that one dude who's like, uh, actually, I would really like to have that 1984 uh, Chevy-issued gas can, and I'd be willing to give you $850. Yeah, you'd be surprised. Perceived value. People, a lot of people have money they don't – more money than cents. But, like, <laughs> it's also, like, perceived value essentially is the entire point of, like, the stock market. Yeah. Like, Sorry, I, like, I know I know we're way past it, but I have a good joke. Go ahead, please. But technically they would have more sense as that is a component uh, of the money. <laughs> I like it. I don't. I, I didn't want to say that to you too so I didn't want to give you a part of the time. Those that was the daddest of jokes. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I'm now a father. Guess. Congratulations, me. Do not steal my son. Oh no, 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 I'll, I'll get a different one, whatever. Well, different, different model. Yeah. <laughs> Question. Answer. To the two collectors. What is in your current financial situation? So not like in this weird future where you have enough money to buy the $500,000 Nintendo game. Of course. Yeah. In your current financial situation, what is the most amount you'd spend on a collector's item that you really want? <laughs> I mean, do you, do you count the PS5 as a collector's item in it, in this current climate? It, yes. Then then six hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's retail price. Doesn't count. That's retail. Well, I mean, that's how much I'd spend. I mean, Fair I, I think it, it depends, right? I have a couple things that I'm actively looking for, right? Like, sure. there's a couple of amiibo that I'm missing. There's like some old Nintendo stuff from the GameCube era that I like to pick up, and I have yep. a price point in mind. Like, I if I wanted to, I could just go and buy them. Like, I could go and get a Joker amiibo off Amazon for like hundred and fifty dollars. I don't want to though. But yeah, conversely, if somebody had like a, a crystal N64 in box, I'd probably be a little bit more tempted to spend a little bit more on that. Right. Like, I, Chris, I know you have it. Stop. Um, but like I, I like I think it depends on what it is and like how 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 bad you want it and how much you're willing to kind of throw it into the fire. You know, sure. Yeah. So you don't you don't have anything I, specifically. I, I, I was, I'm I'm kind of like a I'm I'm a gatherer more than a collector, sure. you know. If I if I'm out and I see something interesting in like a thrift store or even like an EB Games, and I, I'll be like, I kind of want that just just to add it to the hoard, right? Yeah. I, I, I I'm I there are things I specifically look for, but I know that like the only way I'm going to find them is like I get really lucky on eBay, I get really lucky at Value Village, right? Okay. And like unless some dude dies and I get dibs, right? Like there's no <laughs> way for a lot of this stuff. Yeah, and I was just I was just gonna say like I don't actually have the Crystal N sixty four, but I do have I do have the Joker amiibo. Uh, oh, uh, send it to me, please. No, <laughs> um, no, I'm like I'm like the same way though because it, it's really hard for me because um, I've spent more money. I'm I'm, I'm a very like. I, I'm more likely to spend more money on someone I care about than I am myself. So I'll be like, sure. oh yeah, I do not uh, care about myself. 
<laughs> same well for example like my girlfriend uh she likes castlevania and like mm. all the castlevania series and i was able to find a box copy of uh game boy advance um oh beautiful uh it was a, the dual the dual pack for um to the the game boy advance games and i spent more on that than i i would like to uh yeah give myself credit for <laughs> and then at the same time i'm like God, I don't think I'd ever spend that much money on a game that I want, even though there's like several games that I could easily like drop that money on yeah. because I want to add them to my collection. Just, just even like thinking about like, uh, just just like the big Super Nintendo games, like like Earthbound or mm-hmm. um, uh, Chrono Trigger. Are, which, are you ever tempted to sell some of your collection? So, because I I know like I have a couple stuff that that you know could fetch a pretty pre- uh, penny, and I'm one of those people that even though I take things out of the box, I keep that shit. Yeah, just ready um, to go, just in case. Doubles, maybe. Um, mm. I like I I have sold some doubles that I've picked up. Like let's say I bought. Uh, yeah, because you, you're a scalper, right? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'll buy stuff uh, in like an auction and sometimes it'll just be like, oh, here's uh, it'll have like a lot of like 10 things and it'll be like, oh, there's a copy of. uh, Well, let's just say like one that I actually did Mm. sell was uh, uh, Donkey Kong 64 and uh, and uh, Super Mario 64. Both I already owned. So I was like, well, I don't really need an extra copy of them and they don't look as nice as mine anyways. Yeah. So I ended up selling them. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a jerk. So I sell them lower than what, um, yeah, like a, like a, a retro store would sell them for, but I got to make enough so that I like at least cover the base of like what I paid for them. So. Yeah. You don't want to lose money. What'd be the point? No. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like yeah. you know, I, I got the I got the Solar Amiibo. I'm looking on Amazon; it's selling for 150. dollars I'm like, it's not bad. I paid like 20 for it, but also I, I you know, I like it. Um, unfortunately, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have to move us along because we are way over the time uh, for this one topic, and we got a lot of stuff to to go on about. Yeah. Um, because I and by the way, hey, if you're listening and you made it this far, why don't you give a, give the show a little bit of a review? Hopefully by the time of this podcast, we'll be available on iTunes, Google Play, and maybe Spotify as well as other places that I don't I don't know. Still learning. But uh, wherever drop, you get your podcasts. Yeah, wherever you get yeah, your you, podcasts, you can get us. If you made it this far, you have an opinion of us. Whether it's good or bad, I mean, that's for you to decide. Yeah, but there's genuinely, just there. review us. I don't even care if it's not five stars. Give us a one-star review and, and literally rip make us apart. Make it fun, though. Yeah, make it yeah, fun. Make it Put fun. in effort. I'll read them. I'll, I will read them. Insert stinger. Boom. Hey, MLB The Show 21 is coming to Xbox. What? Okay, this is actually big news in a weird way. Um, For those of you that don't know, this is made by Sony. This is a game made by Sony. And it's coming to Xbox for free on the Game Pass. This is wild. And Chris, I know because I had the same reaction as you when I read this news. I'm like, who cares? But then I actually like looked into it. I'm like, oh, shit, wait, Sony makes this game. This is like this is like if Nintendo were to be like, "Hey, Mario Odyssey Two is going to be free on PlayStation Plus next month." <laughs> well, first, it's it's a big it's big deal like in a few reasons. One, like it's the only hard hitting baseball game that is out, 
and yeah. Sony has carried that market. Then, like, there's RBI baseball, but no one really. So the ugly stepchild of baseball games. Like, well, I guess I have to play on Xbox because it's the only thing that I can play on Xbox if I like baseball. So, like, Sony has been hoarding this this franchise and this like license for I don't know probably the last like 10, 15 years. Like, I I don't remember the last the first when the first MLB the show came out, but mm-hmm. I remember playing it back in two thousand six. I was like eleven, so I remember playing it on PS two. So it was a long time ago, um, and they've kind of just held on to this very diehard intense group of people who like really love baseball on the license and and want to play these sim these sim games and like they sell well and they only can play them on mlb i'm sure there's people that only buy playstation to play this game yeah and now they're like well not only is it not only only available on playstation anymore you just don't have to pay anything to play on it somewhere else i mean the (laughs) 2006 by the way 2006 was the first one. Perfect. Yeah. I mean, the message yeah. that it's giving out too, where it's like, like you said, there are people that have, I mean, it's wild for me to think about it because I don't think any of us are real, uh, you know, big game sport fans, but there are people that have a PlayStation because they want to get MLB the show and they've been supporting this, this franchise for many years. And now um, not only is it coming to a competitors, but they don't have to pay for it. The people yeah, that have probably. actively supported MLB the show on, on Sony has to shell out $60, $70. And yeah. Xbox is just like, oh, you get it for free with Game Pass. Don't worry I, about it. I've bought for every MLB show. What's that? Since I've bought every MLB the show since I could pay for my own. And then my brother would get them before that. So, like, we probably own, like, since 2006. Like, so how, how do you feel about this? And I know that you you are somebody that has an Xbox. I assume I think you have Game Pass, don't you? I I don't not yet. No, I don't have an, or the new Xbox so, or Game Pass yet. So is this going to sway you? So what it does to me is reveal. I don't think I'm not going to make the leap to be like to chink in the armor against Sony. Like more games will come to Xbox yeah, of than course. this. Obviously not. The only reason this game came to Xbox is because MLB was like, yo. We want to have more people playing our game, so like get it somewhere else besides here. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they they are you know they hold they're like either do it or we'll take the license from you. So give it to like two K or something like that. Um, but it it gives me one less reason to buy a PS Five soon. Yeah. I I so, feel like uh, I, we don't talk a lot about Xbox on the show. I think that's going to change with Game Pass. Like honestly, I just see this as like a massive chip that Microsoft just dropped on the table and it's like, boom, you looking for this? It, it's going to be used to barter for more and more shit coming to Game Pass. And like, I, I genuinely don't know where Game Pass is going to be in like a year from now. If they just keep doing this, this is ridiculous. Well, it'll also be interesting to see what else comes with Microsoft trying to like just buy up all these big games. Yeah. Like have, buying Beth- <laughs> buying Bethesda was like a, a a huge or like Zenimax, but like just that was just a huge acquisition for them. Yeah. And then who knows what we're gonna see being exclusive? Uh, I can't see them just completely just saying, "Oh, uh, like the Elder Scrolls Six is an is a is an Xbox exclusive." I can't yeah. see them doing something like that, but I can see them being like, "Elder oh, Scrolls Seven is definitely going to be an an Xbox exclusive." No, I can I can see them being like Dishonored uh, Three being a complete 
uh, yeah. Xbox exclusive. I think they're gonna like they're that. gonna put that acquisition to work. They're not gonna spend all that money and be like, oh, we'll 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 let the Sony poppers get a couple one here and there. They're gonna they're gonna use it. So I, I do think. I think they're going to play better with Nintendo this time around because Nintendo and Xbox have seemed to like have developed a better relationship yeah, this time yeah. around. Well, I think ever also, since that so, whole uh, Microsoft or Minecraft collab started going, yeah, on. yeah, and yeah, yeah. Cuphead, right? Yeah, I do think. Yeah. So I, I've posed two questions to you guys, right? So question number one is that like, do you think this is Sony, like the whole MLB the show is like Sony being like, hey, like we can play nice, like here you can have this game for free. On your thing, I, I but can we have Elder Scrolls not exclusive on Xbox? That'd be awesome. Like, can we sell it? Like, is it kind of like the are these deals playing chips around to try and like create backroom deals about the other exclusive for Bethesda games that were otherwise going to be I, only Xbox? I think that I I think first of all yes, but also I I really think that somebody at Sony is really upset about this. I'm sure. So I, I don't think that do this that. is Sony being like, oh, we'll we'll give we'll show you ours if you show us yours type it's, thing, right? It's not good. It's it's like trying to get in someone's good grace, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Like, hey, like, don't screw us. Like, please, we'll give you this. Like, it's more like begging. And like again, like, like I, I personally, I don't think MLB the Show is worth an Elder Scrolls, but whatever. Sure. I mean, like, I, it's more no, of a gesture just, of goodwill, but also I still yeah. think it's MLB being like, hey, push this game. Like, I really yeah, don't I think, think I think Sony fought this. MLB was going to go to Xbox way before this Bethesda deal was finalized, at yeah. least. Because that was announced, I think, last year. Mm-hmm. But it being free, I think, is kind of a bigger deal. Yeah. Um, and then my secondary question there would be, so there's uh, this kind of has already been disproven, but like they're super cagey about the actual rules on their exclusivity deals with Bethesda. But there were some theories going around, and I still stand behind this because I think it makes the most sense, but it doesn't seem like that's what they're going to do, is that the best justification for Game Pass is if you turn around and go, sure, you can have Elder Scrolls and Fallout and Elden, not Elden Ring. Yeah, yeah, they, they, like that's the thing. These games the, don't even need to be exclusive. Starfield, sorry. You can have Starfield all on PlayStation, but guess what? It's free on Xbox. Yeah, so they, like that's the best ad for Game exactly. Pass ever. They don't, they don't need it to be exclusive. They, they just and have then, to be like, it's free. And the catch-22 is if you decide to buy it on PlayStation, guess what? I guess you're giving me like 60 bucks, so that's $70 you decide to spend yeah, yeah. because you didn't want to play it on our console. So I, I think, I think like from a, if, if you're looking at it from an evil corporate perspective, they could do a lot more damage <laughs> by allowing it to go on other systems, but just being like, oh, but it's free here. Yeah. Like that. It, that's, that that's, that's just the blow, dude. And then you just wait. Disney finally acquires Sony. Just buys everything. And, and <laughs> <laughs> eventually, everything's going to be owned by three companies, right? It's going to be Nintendo, Disney, and Apple. That's it. <laughs> it's crazy. Like, I just think it doesn't seem like that's what they're going to do based on the Phil Spencer conversation. So what, so what he said was, I don't know if you guys read it, but he said vaguely, like, obviously, this is me summarizing because I don't remember verbatim, but it was something like, we will be keeping things exclusive but we won't be but legacy titles will be crop will that will be remaining on different consoles so do you think legacy means games that have exist already because obviously you can't take those off the consoles maybe you could you if you have physical versions nothing you can do about that you you wouldn't be able to without a lot of people being upset about a lot of things so i don't agree so i don't think that would be what they meant so do you think that means games that are sequential so like so like a Dishonored three or like I, a Doom. I think 3. everything everything announced before the acquisition is going to be as planned. I think sure. everything after that is either going to be free on Game Pass and you could spend money if you want to, lol, or Xbox only. 
And it's I not like honestly, like even for me, that's not a big deal because Xbox only also means PC. So PC, like, you know, yeah, like, exactly. Whatever, right. <laughs> I don't. Uh, I, I just. I can't see it being a good business move to be like, "Hey, we bought an entire studio, and we're only going to keep the games on this segment because everyone will be like, well, I only kind of like these games anyway, so whatever. I guess I'm not playing them anymore.'" Yeah, I think like my part of the problem I find is that like you've already played. So, like a good example is is like Prey or Dishonored or or even Wolfenstein. Like Wolfenstein Three has a story that's continuous, so like. Sorry, like, too bad PlayStation fans. Like, now Wolfenstein 3 comes out and you can't play it. So, I, I to me, I think legacy means, like, Existing games that franchises. have a, Exactly, that have a, a legacy that on both consoles to, that there would be a fan base that could keep yeah. on its sequels. Yeah. I, I don't think that. Fallout or Elder Scrolls counts because they're not relevant to each other. In se- they're like, kind of like Final Fantasy in that, like, they're well, not really connected. No. They are, but they're not. Yeah, it's the same thing. Like, there's chocobos and shit like that in Final Fantasy, but, like, they're not really the same. But I, I can see them being like, hey, like, we've been developing, like, a new title, and it's, like, Fallout in space. Starfield, right? And and then just and just be like, this this one's going to be exclusive to, I could see to that. Xbox. I could see Starfield being exclusive to Xbox. There's also weird talks. I don't know if you heard this rumor, Patrick or Chris, that Sony was trying to buy exclusivity rights to just Starfield. Really? Before everything. I didn't yeah. hear that. Yeah. So like there was like weird talks where they were trying to buy exclusivity rights to Starfield, and then, and then Xbox was like jokes. So like we're just gonna buy everything. <laughs> like, <laughs> I th- I really do think that they're that the next. I I mean like okay I, I like to believe the console war is pretty much over. You know it's it's just like it's just petty 4chan squabbling at this point. <laughs> it is. I think, but I think there's a new one brewing. I think it's going to be the exclusive wars. There's the people. I think that Sony, like Sony's going to wake up one day and be like, we got to start buying shit. <laughs> because like Microsoft power. is, Xbox is changing how things get done. I just I, Nintendo's going to be thing. like, yeah, whatever. You know, here's your <laughs> Mario. Here's your Zelda. Don't worry about it. We got an online system, $20 for the year. I mean, honestly, it's still overpriced at that point. Nintendo's not going to care, but Sony's going to have to wake up. I hand my credit card over to Nintendo and I say, please take my money. Yeah, no, I I, I give it to them. I'm like, whatever you think is fair for this month. Oh, oh, great. Miyamoto. (laughs) And then they return it to me completely drained. And I'm like, that's that's fine. Oh, Miyamoto-san. Nintendo doesn't need to do anything. They just need to exist and put out. Nintendo needs to continue. That's that's all Nintendo needs to do. Nintendo needs to continue on. They have to release their their NES game on the on the on the Nintendo Switch Online collection. It's like that's all they need to do, and they know it. And they know it. I totally agree, though. I don't think the console wars are really. I think all three console manufacturers are playing different games. I think what we're going to start seeing too is it's just going to become just hey. Just pick whatever you want and play whatever you want on whatever, or it's all going to work together. You can all play together, right? Like, because we yeah. cross play the yeah, thing cross play is becoming game. more and more popular. Uh, like, uh, yeah, like really, it's going to be like Sony, Xbox, who cares? Pick whatever one, really cool, whatever your it? friends are on, and then pick up whatever Nintendo's doing. To your except, point, except Stadia. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> <laughs> to your point, though, Pat, that's probably why it's going to be exclusives, right? Because now. I can play Call of Duty with you if you have if I have an Xbox and you have a PS4. Yeah. Like it doesn't really matter. Yeah. So like, like 
what does it matter, right? It doesn't matter if I have Call of Duty Cold War on PS5 or Xbox. We can still yeah. So now it's all down to I want to play Last of Us or I want to play Halo. Yeah. Do you want to play Last play of Us Three or do you want to play Gears of War Twenty Seven? You know, like that. That's that's <laughs> going to be the decision maker, and that's kind of yeah. how it's always been, even before crossplay was a thing. But a lot when we were kids, it was a lot about who what your friends got. So it's whoever essentially took the plunge yeah. to get the console first yeah. kind of set the pace. Yeah, the rich kid group. in my elementary school got a PS One, and I'm like, I want that PlayStation, Mom. And then she's yeah. like, all yeah. right, cool. If he got an Xbox, I would probably be a very different person today. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, they just have to, you know, there's always that one kid who sets the pace and we just yeah. follow it along. Yeah. And I, I was never the kid who set the pace, so. Yeah. And, uh, well, I guess to summarize, uh, Xbox Game Pass continues to be a great deal and even Sony recognizes that. So instead of uh, competing with it, they're just like, yeah, sure, have an exclusive. Okay, before we move on to the next topic, have you guys seen... Uh, the trailer for this announcement where it has the Xbox logo and then it zooms in and then it transitions to the PlayStation Studio so logo. Dope. And I it's like the that. most, it's the wildest, bizarro world shit I've ever seen in my life. No, I have not seen Do this. yourself That's a cool. favor. If you're listening to this, pause, look it up. Your world will change. Like I'm, I'm half expecting it like after the PlayStation fades out, like you get that Skyrim, hey you, you're finally awake to show up after it. Like that's what I was waiting for when I was watching this. And I had to stop and like reset. I'm like, did I actually just see that? It's the weirdest thing. Yeah, never ever way I thought that would happen. Yeah, it's wild. Anyway, next segment, Boom Stinger. I'm not going to edit out the part where I say Boom Stinger. I'm going to let the singer play. Absolutely. Just, uh, you know, for, for, for personality. Um, speaking of Xbox, uh, Xbox is hiring virtual YouTubers to promote uh, Game Pass in Japan. <laughs> I, I, I okay. have the names of the virtual YouTubers. Um, I'm just going to apologize in advance. <laughs> uh, but the virtual YouTubers. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I'm not even going to read them. Your, just do your best. I'm not going to even. Re- Shishiro Botan. Oh. That was bad. And Himimori Luna to advertise okay. Game Pass in Japan. So, uh, Stefano, you don't know what a virtual YouTuber is, do you? Yeah, I'm a 27-year-old, 48-year-old man, so... Yeah, you have the body of a 27-year-old, but in, in essence, you are an eldritch being. That's right, 100%. I am clearly... So, so just to uh, kind of, like, quickly summarize it, uh, a, a virtual t- YouTuber, like a VTuber or whatever, uh, is just someone who is using a anime digital avatar that is like synced to like a camera or to like a green screen or or like a motion capture or whatever and that is like the person that is on camera talking so it's 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 like it's like one of those snapchat filters basically of yeah oh like kind of like the bitmojis or whatever like the super advanced it's an augmented it's like an augmented uh avatar yeah uh, for someone to be on camera so that they don't have to personally be on camera. And it allows them to even play more of a character. Like you could play yeah. like a cute little anime girl because it's all motion to your to your face. So you could do the expressions and then they're like expressed through like the character rig that's being represented, right? Yeah. Um so they're very popular. They're gaining more popularity in the West. In Japan they're like, you know, it's it's, it's you just watch uh, you don't even call them virtual YouTubers. It's like, oh I'm just it's a YouTuber, right? Yeah. Um, I think it's a, it's an interesting like I know, you know, Microsoft isn't really that big in Japan. Um, I think yeah, this this will help really like I it's a weird really way of, of approaching it. But I don't know. 
I think they're really trying to break through the, on the Japanese market as much as possible because they've kind of struggled. And I so mean, it's kind of hard. Really, yeah. yeah, they're just trying to probably get the culture there, like trying to figure it out. Well, I mean, shit, man. If you could get Japan in on Game Pass. <laughs> like, the problem with, like, the thing is with Japan, Japan's mostly into the handheld market, which is, like, the biggest, like, gaming market. But in. that is where they're going to get them because Game Pass is on your phone. I guess, but you're I like when I went to Japan, like there was not like a subway ride where I didn't or like any train ride or anything like that where I did not see someone with like a switch in hand or like some sort of yeah. like PS Vita or something. Yeah, like Japan, that. Seen Japan those, like, new the, the gaming for your scene phone? in Japan is is pure mobile. It's you yeah. could just plug those dongles into your phone that look like an Xbox controller and like legit play Halo. Like I think that's a I think that's gonna be a huge deal in Japan, which is probably what they're trying to push. I, I, Xbox, I, I hate to say, it, Microsoft, they're waking up, man. They, they kind of slept a little bit on the entirely. last. Uh, did they? Sony. Yeah. Yeah, they threw. They don't have a handheld. They the Vita's garbage. They just canceled the store. Like. Yeah, but I, and, I like unless 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 Microsoft is going to be like here's like the the Xbox portable with like built in Game Pass, you know, like but they, here's they the thing with though. your phone. Here's the thing though. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, that's right. North America did not hop on the uh, mobile, like Vita and PSP, like train. But like over in Japan, like the library for like the PSP and the PS Vita is like completely like triple like what we have here. Absolutely, absolutely. But they don't even you can't buy them anymore. <laughs> well, I mean, you can still buy like the actual cartridges and stuff over there. Yeah, like, that's true. But that's not helpful for you on them. On the train. Well, I guess it is, but it's harder on a train, like for traveling and shit like that. Well, I'm sure most people just have all their stuff like on an SD card anymore. So I also think like it's hard for us to imagine, like, Chris, you're a good example of this, like an infrastructure that would be solid enough to actually have internet like that that could run Game Pass consistently. But Japan is probably the place where you could. Uh, well, when I was there, like, it's, it's just it was like lte or whatever but um i don't know that you're you're assuming that every game is is online and mobile too though no i just mean like because you can do game pass streaming to your phone is what i'm saying so like well i just think the infrastructure there's better suited for that than it is here i don't know i would assume that like if you're going to do something like that it'd be kind of like how netflix has that feature where you just download like three episodes to your phone you would just download a segment of that game to your phone and then once you get to that point and that needs to like download more do we know actually this is a good question i i should look this up do we know if game pass streaming is downloadable as well like I, on your phone i got no idea i'll be yeah, honest I with you I, i'm still doing my research into game pass and i'm trying to educate myself better uh, on all aspects of the gaming world not just like sony and nintendo so that's something i'm still looking into but yeah, uh, i'm gonna look that up and i'll come back next time we I talk it's like how do you guys think about like what do you guys think about this? This is like kind of unorthodox marketing for for Microsoft, for Microsoft, which is basically yeah. like this huge Western company that has been struggling to break into Japan since you know since they I basically th- got there. I think it's smart. I mean, we are no stranger to like the weird ways they used to try and market to North America. Like we yeah. even even to bring it back to the PSP. Do you remember like the weird squirrel commercials? Do you remember the weird PSP baby squirrel. commercial? I genuinely so, don't. 
so the weird like squirrel commercials had like the really like racist squirrels that use like the ebonon epic i can't even say the word they they, they they made them sound like they were like heavily black oh uh, yeah. and it was like really it was really weird and they just they were just talking what? about nuts and stuff what was like that. the point of this commercial I'm, I'm it sorry, makes no what? sense it was just to, to to market the PSP, like it it made no sense to the console. It had no reference to any so game. So you just have just like, like a like, bunch uh, of like potentially stereotypical squirrels talking about nuts, and then like at the end they were like PSP. They're like Sony PSP, buy it. And don't you remember like that generation of Sony made weird ass commercials? Look like at that baby commercial where it's just uh, like floating all, ass baby. All of the Sony commercials were weird. Even the Nintendo commercials were weird. Oh, dude, like, the, the Nintendo commercials from the 90s, like the Game Boy era, where for, it's like when they for, introduced the backlight into the uh, Game Boy Advance SP, and there was yeah. like a, I, in like, I, I don't think this was in Nintendo power, but in like some magazine I was reading, there was like a girl tied up, like she's got <laughs> the full bondage thing, and then like you see a dude. Playing, playing the new his Game, Game Boy, Boy and he's like, "Game Boy, what won't it distract you from?" And I'm like, oh. "What?" <laughs> yeah, and, and I remember it, like the, the hypersexualized one was like, "This is the best way to play with yourself," or something like that. Oh my god! Yeah, man, yeah. Wild time. It, like it was the the 90s and in the early 2000s were a wild time for marketing. And Nintendo needs to get back to that. I think you know, like I, I yeah, want I want to see a hypersexualized Switch uh, marketing campaign pushed out because you know the the count the, the system's like four years old now it's it's time it's halfway through its life cycle uh supposedly <laughs> hit us with the sexy switch ads baby you know it, it plays itself you got that snap and then boom you know you, you got body parts changing clothes, around yeah all the clothes go away yeah yeah and, and you know what because it's 2020 make it sexual on both sides dude i want to see a buff dude coming in boom switch what's this Wearing shorts. What's yeah, that? In, is that a Joy-Con in his pocket? Anyway, what? Hell yeah, baby. Anyway, um, so yeah. <laughs> so 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 what we're taking away from this is um, the sexy ad campaigns need to come back. You know, I, th yeah. I think the world is ready for it, personally. And uh, I think uh, Nintendo or not Nintendo. Sorry, my default is to praise Nintendo. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Microsoft, <laughs> Microsoft has been killing it. Keep up the good work. I might buy an Xbox next next generation. I am buying dude? an Xbox this generation. And uh, we we got one more topic to close out the show, kind of a big one. But what we're gonna do is we're gonna we're gonna briefly touch about it, and then we're gonna dive deeper into it. I think it might even be its own special. Uh, hopefully, Pasquale's not here on this episode. You might have noticed. I don't know. Uh, but when we are all together, <laughs> maybe we'll tackle it then. But E three is coming back in two thousand twenty one, baby. Returned this June in a digital, strictly only format, uh, free for everybody, and has been backed so far by uh, Nintendo, surprising, Xbox, Capcom, Konami, Ubisoft, Take Two, Warner Brothers, and Koch Media. But Koch no, Media. Sony. Sony's, Sony's gone. So, question. I didn't read this article. That's fine. It, you know, it's not like we're discussing specifically the article. No, it's okay. I sure, wanted you to explain. See, what the, the key is, I feel the dumb person that you have to explain like you're the, I'm the audience, so it helps explain <laughs> it to the people listening. You see how that works? I like it, yeah. We're, we're building the, the paradigm already in episode one. Absolutely. So my question then is, did they talk about and explain, like, are they going to have days like they used to? Or is it just like, is it going to be like some summer game fest where it's like a like summer worth of stupid announcements? I'm not sure how it's going to work just yet. I think the information has, at, at the time of this recording, it's yet to be finalized. Pretty limited, yeah. 
Um, but we so far, gonna it's going to be a digital sure. only format. So they have a lot more liberty and freedom to to stretch it. I don't think they're going to keep it in one day. I think they're going to try to keep it as quote unquote traditional as possible just Thank because God. that's the format that they know. And honestly, like all that news dropping on one day is going to just be too much. They, they want to make sure that every big announcement has its own room to breathe, right? Sure. I think what we're going to see is kind of like what they do, like the recaps of the, we'll have our presentation and then they'll throw it to the host and just be like, oh, yeah, let's break it down piece by piece what we've seen today. And then they'll just go on like that. Just kind of like when we get like with the the uh, the tree houses and stuff like that from Nintendo. So, I'm, so I'm surprised that Nintendo's on this list. I'm actually genuinely surprised because Nintendo was the first one to bow out of E3. Yeah, Nintendo got out like when was it? 2018, 17 around there. It's it's been a, a good I've couple early, of years. I think it's been earlier than that. And and Sony left E3 in 2019, and then uh, yeah. with 2020 just being a wash, like nobody really noticed anyway. But Sony kind of started doing their own thing anyway with the, with the state of play uh, and stuff yes. like that, right? So like. And so I'm I'm genuinely surprised that E3. I don't think E3 is ever going to go away, but I'm surprised that it still has as much support when Nintendo and now Sony has kind of shown that we don't need E3. We could just do whatever we want at and pay nothing, and, and people to be, watch. To be honest, like I'm actually really glad it's coming back. I hated last year. Like there was just no. The good thing about E3 is that. You, like, it quote, gives unquote, you something that, to look forward to. Well, it makes it an, it's an event. Absolutely. It also keeps all the announcements within something. Yeah, so yeah. like all summer there were announcements and I couldn't tell you what was announced when because it was just randomly put on a blog post or like on this random state of play that didn't matter. And no one really watched it. Like it's not like an eventful kind of way. Well, to be fair, there was nothing really going on last year. So. No, sure, but well, still, like, I was it there that, though? I mean, there's there's a lot of product uh, projects that just kind of got pushed into the darkness because of the pandemic. And that's why I'm I'm actually really looking. I, I look forward to E3 every year. You know, I'm I'm a gaming simp. What do you want from me? I, I gotta get my I, to, I gotta get my monthly drip. I used um, to take days off because it was around my birthday. Oh yeah, in June, so I would stay home from school and I'd watch it all on G4 TV. And G4 TV, Jesus Christ. G Force coming Kevin back. Herrera and oh my god, we'll, we'll have to hold, we have a whole cool conversation about that next episode. I'm, I think, I'm waiting that's... for Xbox to buy out G Four and have it exclusively available on Game Pass. <laughs> that's, right. that's that's so, what's going to happen next. They're going to start up their own G Four and then E Three is going to be available exclusively through Game Pass. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm pretty jazzed for E Three coming back. I want that like like you said, like I want the event. I want it to be eventified. I want to like look forward to it and I want to walk away being like, damn, that was sick. And then leave it alone until games come or whatever. As a gamer, I'm not represented in the media anymore. You know, it, it, it it hurts. (laughs) I I need to see other people that look like me talking about uh, the new Mario Odyssey that's coming out probably. And, you know, I just want to, I just want to feel heard. Um, well, uh, we'll get into predictions when we talk about. Yeah, we're that. we're gonna have a full E3 2021 predictions, and we'll probably be uh, going back to that well a few times over the course of this podcast life leading up to 2021 E3. Uh, but this digital only format, I think it's a good idea. I think it's it's smart. It gets smart. things kind of back on norm normalcy. Um, I'm surprised Nintendo is here. Who knows? And also, like, apparently in order to register for this digital form E3, it's still like a million dollars. So, like, you know, these these companies aren't paying nothing to do this. It's still, like, kind of girthy. But I, I'd be interested in seeing what comes out of it. I think it'll be better in the sense because then we're not going to have, like, these weird technical flaws that we usually see. But then at the same time, 
I don't know if it'll be better because then that just makes it a lot easier for them to hide things, if that makes sense. You, you know what my favorite thing is about this is that we have uh, Nintendo, Xbox, Capcom, Konami, Ubisoft, Take-Two, Warner Brothers, and Coach Media. Uh, so that's uh, eight companies that are going to be uh, you know, participating in this digital E3. Yeah. Every single one of them is going to have to produce a Nintendo Direct style thing. And yes. I, I'm just so excited to see what so, they do because I know Ubisoft is just going to go fucking wild with this. <laughs> so my question actually about this is, do you think they're going to do it kind of like how, kind of like how Jeff Keighley did it, where they're going to have like a fake stage and like have it just on screens, or do you think they're going to do it? I like, think I think we're going to see a little bit of a creative liberty here. You know, I, I think well, some I think some of them are going to try to copy the Nintendo approach because it works well. And like Nintendo Direct now is it's not the same as Nintendo Direct from two years ago. It's yeah. very like, here's what's happening. Trailer, boom, done. Here's next. Trailer, boom, done, right? Like, they really I mean, st- st- uh, st- streamlined that. Yeah, Sony what, just copied when, them. So. When, uh, when we it had works. Iwata uh, and Reggie, like, running the things on Nintendo, like, it, it was always, like, a whole new thing every year because you didn't know what to expect. They had puppets one year. <laughs> that was so weird. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the robot chicken year as well. Yeah, but like, so but weird. like, but they always, it was always creative and it always made you go, oh, wow. They yeah. really put an effort for this. Yeah. I want them to Apple it. Like, if you watch an Apple, like a, whatever the hell the thing is called, like they're a conference every year. And then yeah. the two digital ones they did this year, like they go like high production value. There's like drones flying yeah. around and like going, yeah. zooming in on it. Like, it's like ridiculous. Like it's a movie. Oh, uh, I'm calling it now. Ubisoft is going to have drones flying around to promote, uh, to promote the new watchdog. And Watch they're, then they're going to like project the face of Aisha Tyler onto the screen <laughs> and everything is going to be done through there. And then we're going to have the just dance crew come out. It's going to be all great. Gonna wear masks. And be six everyone's going to, yeah, everyone's going to be like, make a couple of off colored COVID jokes because they're going to try to be edgy and they're written by boo boomers who want to appease millennials but really they're going after gen <laughs> z so like who knows what the hell they're gonna do gen x is probably gen z what did i say yeah no, no, right. whatever I was, uh, okay boomer okay look we're being culturally yeah. relevant to the to the to our, <laughs> okay, our demographics i'm gonna like whoa all over you or something like what am i gonna do <laughs> but i'm excited that. i you know i like E3. it's it's a it's a good day nintendo's back baby new it's switch coming leave. in calling it now yeah, they're probably going to talk about the Switch Pro. I think you're probably actually right. Yeah, about at that. this point, it's at this point. I mean, it's still technically a rumor. But we'll we'll get into yeah, predictions. yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. Right, sorry, E3, sorry, sorry. No, the E3 gets the the gears turning. You know, get something going. That's for yeah. Good. It gets everything going. So yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, you know, E3's back, baby. Boom. Transition. Stinger. <laughs> Smooth exit, boys. Episode one. We 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 uh, I think we hit a we hit a decent amount of stuff. Is there anything you guys want to talk about? Close out the show. Anything you want to bring up? Uh, Actually, I'll open it to you. I I do have something I'd like to talk about that I, oh, I I learned today. Did you guys hear about the Mission Impossible style heist that happened in Japan? <laughs> no. <laughs> so I, I I heard this today, uh, and I I've, I've got it pulled up here. Uh, it's from Vice, so you know take it with a grain of salt. But sure. Um, um, a Japanese man was arrested uh, for descending a building on a rope, uh, trying to steal Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh cards from a building. Yeah, yeah, I did hear about this. <laughs> That's he, uh, amazing. Um, I'm gonna butcher his name. I'm so I'm very sorry. That's, everyone. It's a lot of pressure, uh, isn't it? 
Yes, it is. Uh, <laughs> Kensuke Nakashina, uh, an IT worker from Tokyo, used a rope to scale down a six-story building to steal the trading cards worth $9,120. shit. As what? well as uh, $2,370 in cash, uh, the Japanese police <laughs> said. He made off with about 80 Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh cards and the cash, hoping to pay off a debt. You know, you know, honestly, honor that. Like, what is? Uh, So he's a he's a 28 year old. So um, yeah, he tied a piece of rope to the to the roof and the railing. No safety harness. He just like literally like just tied a rope around his his midsection. That's amazing. Climbed down about five meters, broke into the window of the trading card store, and uh, yeah. You know, if he if he did, I I would have supported this if he didn't take the money. (laughs) <laughs> like like if this was just like some dude breaking in and stealing like a couple thousand dollars worth of pokemon and yugo cards it it's still theft and i don't condone it but i would be like that's a good story the fact I'm, that he also he did that and then turned around and then like took the cash i'm like all right yeah. man but that's incredible you, you know what i know we talked about this in episode zero but uh there's a digimon card game that came out it's been out of, it's, I, it's yes, been out I for like this. a year in japan uh, but it recently came to North America, and I've and I've been playing it. It's a lot of fun. I, I play I, webcam games with in my local game shop because we can't go in there. But these cards, they're beautiful this time around. Oh, they're gorgeous. Yes, but they're also more difficult to get than a PS Five. Oh yeah, yeah. Does the rules make a lot some. more sense this time? What's that? The rules make more sense this time. Oh, it's it's, it's so no intuitive sense. to play, they, and it's so rewarding. Yeah, like it's all focused around digivolving and then you get energy for digivolving and it has like this whole counter system that that like dictates who goes when and what you can do. And it's yeah. risk reward because like if you want, I could I could throw down my Omnimon. Boom, there it is. And then I could just give my opponent 15 energy and then he'll completely screw me over. I could do that. Or I could start from like the training and like digivolve them through the levels and then play them normally. And like, you yeah. know, and it's it's rewarding. But this is besides the point. Don't get me gushing. These cards are impossible to find. Like the pandemic has crippled, and it's not just Digimon. Like it's 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 it's, you know everything. Yeah, I was at Walmart today doing some shopping, and I because I'm a I'm a a, you know I'm basically a child. I walked (laughs) by the trading card section to see what was there, and like it was stripped empty. And they have a sign. They have a sign saying that any new TCG releases, uh, if you want them, you have to go to customer service on Friday at seven a.m. That's the only time you could do it because people would go there and they'd rip open the packages and, you know, and like with COVID and everything, you can't have people like, yeah. so it's just become so difficult to find these cards. You want me to check my store and see if there's any here? Yeah. Genuinely do that and then send them to me. Sure. Yeah. Awesome. My my girlfriend's been able to get um, a whole booster box for, I think the 1.2. I got, I got, I mean, nobody could see this, but if you look closely here, you could see a booster box for one and one point five. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so go. my girlfriend, my girlfriend was able to get. I think I forget which one. I, I'm pretty sure she said it was one point two. I could be wrong, but uh, she was also able to get a one point five, and she uh, she gave me uh, two packs from that one. So I Aww. have I have two packs out of that. So. It's a gorgeous. I, the, I don't know if I'm I about to pull art. like a you know a, a Mission Impossible type heist to the 401 games near me in order to <laughs> steal their their incredibly marked up product 
Yeah. I'm I'm so mad about this. Like a booster box of Digimon cards, relatively cheap comparative, 100, like 100 bucks. They're selling them for $250. Oh, they've gone up. Okay. Nice. They've gone up, dude. The starter decks are $15. They're selling them for 35. Have you checked yeah. weird places like shoppers and stuff like that? Like, they, they don't they don't even yeah, care. No, these yet. these cards are too they're too they're not mainstream yet. You got to give Bandai oh. a little bit of time to to work out the kinks, right? And get them into main so, distribution. So I will, I will so say expensive. this t- this time around they they put in a lot more effort into the uh into the artwork and yeah it's just the the cards are gorgeous if if someone can if you can get your hands on on a card set from from the new digimon game like i highly recommend getting them just 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 for the keepsake even if you're not going to play them like if you at all like digimon as a kid or or getting into it now like these these cards are just beautifully designed and if you get like one of the ultra rares Ooh, the or, secret alternate art se- cards that are just disgusting yeah like they are they're they're gorgeous like my my girlfriend's been able to score like a couple of like insanely beautiful cards yeah. and i i'm just in awe i would say like they are on par if not a little bit better than some of the new pokemon cards yeah they, they match the magic like <sighs> I don't know. It's yeah. a different kind of art style. It, but yeah. They are. Oh, sure. They are. Oh, wow. They, if, if you look at some of the alternate arts for these Digimon cards, my God, man, they, they, they just blow you away. And, yeah. and like they're, they're doing all these different things. Like I know it's not nothing new in like the world of, of TCGs, but like yeah, in the new set coming out, they have like two alternate art cards that like are meant to be next to each other. So they complete oh, the scene and everything. Yeah. And then they have like this new foiling pattern that I've never seen before where like, it looks like it's, it's popping out. And then they have like these traditional old scabbard, like medieval Europe type art style for like oh, the Royal man. Knights. And I'm like, dude, come on, yeah. Bandai. What are you they, doing to me? Anyway? Really, so yeah, tune in next week uh, for the digital podcast. I'll be your host, DigiPat, uh, co-hosted by Digi Chris. <laughs> um, we'll be talking about all things Digimon as it exists in 2021. Baby, um, my I have a question for you guys before we head out. Yeah, sure. What are you looking forward to? Like, what's the like, like what game can't you wait for? I'm gonna I'm gonna say the boring answer. <laughs> I'll give t- I'll give you two. I'll give you my okay. boring take and then my spicy take. Sure, sure I sure. want whatever the next Breath of the Wild is. Of course. And then I also really want that Hogwarts Legacy game. Oh, that game looks dope. It yes, looks so good, and I think they're gonna ruin it. No, come because on, right I now I have something in my mind of what I think it's going to be, and it's not going to be that. No, I think it, yeah, I think it I have faith. will be. Have faith, have faith. All I wanted, I just want to go to potions class and then like max that shit out, and then I want to, I want to sell counterfeit potions in the in the washroom <laughs> to students. No, I want that's bully all ho- I want. Hogwarts. I want to go to class, do all the lessons. Yeah, that's what I I, I want. Bully, you just, but in Hogwarts, you just, you just want PS PS one haggard. Hagrid. I want, I want P- <laughs> give me PS2 Hagrid, baby. It's peak yeah, performance. Yeah, yeah. What are you what are you looking forward to before we wrap up? Um I'm just I'm just hoping that we actually get a Metroid 4. That's all I want. We won't they announce it. Keep the keep the dream going though. Stefano, keep what the about dream you? going. I want the uh I want Life is Strange 3. Let's go. Yeah, oh yeah, it looks great. I'm here for it. Okay, and, uh, I, I hear that you're gonna be securing a uh, collector's edition of that game and doing an unboxing for us. I'll try yeah, sure, absolutely. Beautiful. Beautiful. Are they on sale yet? Probably uh, yeah. probably already sold out, dude. Now well then I can't do that. So. Oh, Pokemon Snap comes out this month. Can't wait. At the end of the month, dude. I forgot about that. Definitely gonna be picking that up and uh playing the shit out of it. 
Get ready. Yeah. Dude, if you're on Twitter at all, when Pokemon Snap comes out, because they have a feature where you could post right to Twitter, you that's it. That's it. <laughs> Perfect. It's that over. Twitter now. Hey, everybody. Episode one is in the books. Congratulations if you made it this far. Uh, also, congratulations to us for making it this far. Check us out. We're on Twitter at Let's GG Podcast. That's what I called it, right? Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Let's GG Podcast on Twitter. Also, Leave us a review. We got a, we got a whole bunch of fun, amazing stuff coming up. We got big plans for the podcast, and we're hopefully going to be making it better and better as things go on. But until then, I've been your host, Patrick. Joined with me, of course, the host with the most, myself, but also Chris. Yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. And Stefano. Stay healthy, guys. Thanks yeah, stay healthy. You. See you, boys. See you next Bye. week. Bye. <laughs> Bye.